What's up, guys? It's the Blue Bloods, and we are back with another episode. We have another special guest previewing the upcoming national championship with us. Tony Zakoulis is with us from BamaInsider.com. He is a beat writer for them, and I just want to say appreciate you joining us, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. For sure, for sure. So I, I feel like it's always right to start with Alabama. Every year you hear people from Fox Sports, ESPN, there's always some doubters that say the Saban dynasty is over. It's coming to an end. What is the number one thing for you being around this program that other programs try to replicate but don't get right that Bama keeps this dynasty rolling year in and year out? I mean, I think when you when you look at Alabama, it's it just nobody has a Nick Saban. And I think that's, you know, that's just you can't replicate it. I think you can come close and you've seen a bunch of his assistants try to take aspects of of his style and his process. But I mean, this is the best coach the college football has ever seen. And and so um, when you're looking at that, I, that's really what sets Alabama apart. But I, I just really think like. The thing that people don't get about Alabama is they win all the games that they're supposed to win. You, you never see Alabama right. get upset by an unranked opponent. Um, sure, they lose games. I mean, it's impossible not to lose games. But um, that's the, the consistency that Nick Saban's been able to establish at that program is, is really, to me, when I'm covering the team, the thing that stands out, you, you, you never see, for example, you know, Ohio State, right? I mean, they've had a, a, a nice little run as well. But you'll see them lose to a Purdue or, you know, a team like yeah. that. And Nick, Nick Saban just doesn't allow his team to do that. Yeah, sure, they'll lose some ranked games here or there. But that's what's allowed them to be in the playoff picture so much. I mean, when you look at last year, it was such a, you know, a disappointing year for Alabama. And they lost twice. And, and, and both of those right. times were to ranked opponents. So um, that that's really what stands out for me. Right. And do you think it's more of a – can't get over the hump or do you think Saban just has that much of an advantage over his assistants you see Tennessee hired a Bama assistant Georgia Oregon with Mario Cristobal's having huge success out there what is that what do you think is the hold up there while Saban assistants can't beat Saban we saw Lane Kiffin this year give it a great run but in the end Saban won that game I think when you look at it, 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 a lot of it is just where are these assistants landing? I mean, look, you see Jeremy Pruitt landed at Tennessee. Well, t- Tennessee's so far off of Alabama. I think if right. maybe if a, a guy like Kirby Smart played at Nick Saban every year, you, you would assume that Kirby Smart would break that streak. It's just, you know, he hasn't in, in, in the games he's played. Uh, Nick Saban kind of, you know, this week alluded to the fact that it's going to happen one, right. you know, one game, you know, there's now there's too many assistants, you know, eventually right. one of them is going to beat Alabama. I think you could look at a guy like Lane Kiffin gave him a run. I, I still think Ole Miss is far off, but you know, if one of these guys can stay in the conference long enough, uh, maybe Jimbo Fisher, um, maybe that's a guy mm-hmm. that, you know, look at what he's building at, at Texas A&M. I mean, eventually you've got to think that this little, this, <laughs> there's nothing little about it, but this streak <laughs> is going to end. Right, right. And so last night, Devontae Smith takes home Alabama's third Heisman Trophy winner following Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry. Can you kind of speak on the offensive revolution we've seen? Because this, like the past three years or so, this BAM offense has looked completely different from those early Saban offenses and what makes Devontae Smith such a special player? And why do you think he broke that wide receiver mold to win the Osmond? Yeah, I think if you look at, you know, Alabama is no different than a lot of the college football in general. It's moving more to a spread attack and receivers are more important. It, it, you know, Devontae Smith has had, in my opinion, the best season from a receiver ever. Um, yeah. But I, I kind of think that, you know, while he did break that mold, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future, 
uh, we start to see more receivers win the Heisman just with the, the importance of the position. Look at how it's getting drafted in the NFL. It's almost like receivers, the new running back. I wouldn't be surprised if, right. if maybe moving forward that, you know, possibly you could maybe see less running backs when they awarded more receivers. I still think it's going to be a quarterback award. And even that statement with the receivers is, is kind of bold since, you know, we've only had one in the last what 30 <laughs> years or two in the last yeah. 30 years. So, um, but I could definitely see that, that trend starting to open up a little bit more. And Devonte did, you know, help start that as to what makes him such a great receiver. I think when you look at just, he's, he's smooth and he catches everything i think you know he, he's really smooth in his routes he, he's he's effortless he does a lot of things well he's not you know like henry ruggs where he was the fastest or he's really you know he he's he punches above his weight strength wise but he's not some guy that's just you know you know he's not like terrell owens where he's just built like that you know mm-hmm. or calvin johnson or somebody like that that's just totally built he's a guy that can can block well and, and he can get out of uh press coverage but I think really just his his hands, first of all, he catches anything by him. And then just his, the, the route running and his footwork on his routes, I think is is, is great. I think he's going to be a great, uh, you know, college receiver, uh, NFL receiver. I think, you know, I, I've heard some comparisons to Marvin Harrison and I kind of like that, you know, when he, uh, my dad grew up in uh, Boston, I rooted for the Patriots and I hated watching the Colts yeah. again because of Marvin Harrison. It seemed like every time Peyton, Manning would throw a ball near his area. Marvin would catch it. And I, I get that same feeling, you know, uh, I'm obviously covering the team. I'm not watching it as a fan. So I wouldn't know what, you know, an, an opposing fan thought of, you know, of going against Alabama. But I, when you look at uh, the way Devontae Smith just makes these catches, if I was an opposing fan of that team, man, I'd be, it would drive me nuts because yeah. it's like he makes these catches that he shouldn't make, but, when the ball's in the air, you, you almost know he's going to make them. And that's just, I think, right. special. Well, speaking from experience, as you see the Auburn stuff in the background, um, <laughs> I woke up this year during the Iron Bowl, and I wasn't even excited for the game. I kind of knew what was going to happen. And my co-host who's at work right now, he's an LSU fan. He had the same feeling when he woke up for the LSU-Alabama game. But, you know, we've both talked about this Bama team seems historically great. And when I say that, I mean one of the best Alabama teams, most complete Bama teams ever – covering the team you've seen so many players and assistant coaches and all kind of stuff come together where would you rank this team in terms of just pure talent in Alabama teams that you've covered or that just like in Alabama history in general it's tough because I think you could look at that team last year if you're just going off of talent the team last year probably had more talent because it has a lot of these star players plus you know um I mean not Mac Jones had a better year than Tua, but when you, when you look at it, they had Tua, they had Jerry Judy, they had Henry Ruggs, and this whole mess of um, of receivers that, that, that they currently have. Um, I think that what sets this team apart is it's just, especially this offense, is it's so just balanced. It has the right components. You know, the line is there. And I think everyone forgets about this offensive line. You know, it won the Joe Moore Award. And, and mm-hmm. uh, that's probably the most important part of this offense because it really allows everything else to go. Um, then when you've got, you know, an experienced Najee Harris, you got a guy like Mac who, who can get the ball out to receivers. And then, you know, Devontae Smith's just really stepped up. I mean, look, we're going to get to see in the national championship game, maybe if, uh, Jalen Waddle's able to go and <laughs> at this point, you know, if you reinsert him back into this offense, it's, it, it's really unfair just because of, you know, it was already great with him. And then they 
continued to, to rise back up to that level and now putting him back in, well, you know, I, I don't, we'll, we'll see if it happens or what will happen when it happens, but uh, you'd have to think that it just rises to a new level with him. And there's just so many weapons you know, on the defensive side of the ball. We've certainly seen better Alabama defenses. I, I don't think this one's at that elite level. I don't think if you looked around college football, you'd see very many elite, you know, defenses. So um, it's good enough. It's not great. It'll give up big plays here and there. And there's just nothing to, that's just going to happen. That's just something, if you're watching this defense, that's just something it does. I, I fully expect uh, Justin Fields to make a, a few big plays uh, in, in the national championship game. I'm not saying that they're going to win, but I would be very surprised if that offense doesn't at least find a way to expose Alabama a, a time or two. The, the problem is that this Alabama offense is so good that even if you are able to expose its defense on, on occasion, it, it it's not enough because the offense right. scores almost every time up the field. Right. And, you know, you mentioned Jalen Waddle coming back. Is there any update on that? I, I know last time it was the kind of big break was that he was practicing. It would be quite questionable. In your opinion, do you think he's going to play? Or if he does play, do you think he'll be back at 100%? Or will he be more of like a decoy? We've seen coaches put players out there just to kind of sway the coverage away from someone like a Devontae Smith. What do you think the plan is for Jalen Waddle as of right now? So as of we're talking right now, it's Wednesday afternoon. Um, Alabama's probably practicing at the moment. So I'm assuming this is his second practice. It's kind of too early to tell whether or not he will play. I mean, Alabama players today, earlier today, said that, you know, Tuesday after his first time out there, they said he looked good. Um, Granted, I mean, look, they're not going to say he looked bad. You know, so <laughs> there's really no way to know what he's doing. The, the thing, I, there's been a lot of talk about this possibly being a smoke screen for Alabama to get Ohio State to prepare. I just, you don't really see Alabama do that. That's just not mm-hmm. that kind of crafty kind of stuff, that, that, that head game kind of stuff. That's really not what Alabama does. Look, Nick Saban's pretty, you know, he can be somewhat abusive to the media, but the one thing I think he does really great is, is give us in, uh, injury news. I mean, there's a lot of coaches that do not do anything with injury news. And, and Nick right. Saban's pretty, I mean, as open as you're going to get a head coach to be open about injuries. And I think that the message out there is that uh, Jalen Waddell is, is, is cleared to play or, or cleared to practice. So you would assume that he's cleared to play. It's going to come down to his comfort. Look, this is a guy that's going to be a first round pick, probably a top 15 pick, you know, right. um, we saw what NFL, you know, teams thought about Henry Ruggs. And I think uh, Jalen Waddles, you know, just a step slower and then probably more talented as a receiver than Henry Ruggs. So mm-hmm. um, I could see him be being drafted around the same, you know, slot as, as Ruggs was. So he's got a lot of future to protect. And if he's not a hundred percent or if he doesn't feel comfortable, Alabama's proven that they can win without him. So um, I think it will come down to him, but by all accounts that, you know, that I've heard that he, he really wants to play in this game. And so if he's able to, I, I think he will, I, I don't know if it'll be a hundred percent, but um, you know, with that speed and his ability and if he can provide any of that, I think he'd be an added boost to the offense. Yeah. I think it takes that offense, like you said, to a whole new level. You got Najee Harris to worry about Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, John Mechie has been unstoppable at times, but Looking more at the X's and O's of the game and some players, is can you give us one offensive player and defensive player that you think will have the biggest impact on the game in terms of who wins and loses this coming Monday? I really think that, you know, from Ohio State's standpoint, uh, or, or what they're going to try to do is probably try to shut down the passing game. I think that kind of seems to be the, the play with Alabama. So uh, we, we've seen Alabama kind of lean on Najee Harris, uh, 
at times and I would, I would expect him to have a, a, a big game. And he's a guy too, that you can put out in the passing game and he can really hurt defenses um, in multiple ways. You, you saw what he did in the SEC championship game. I kind of see this game looking a little bit more like the SEC championship game where it's going to be somewhat of a shootout. I, I kind of expect Alabama to, to control it. I think if you look back to the SEC championship game, while it was close, I don't think you really ever thought that Florida was going to win that game. It was just kind yeah. of, it was, it was a close one. They could have won the game. I mean, they were right there, you know, onside kick and they have a chance at it, but um, that's kind of how I see this game playing out. It, it might be closer on the scoreboard than it, than it necessarily was, but I do expect both teams to get points. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's just going to be that uh, Ohio State defensive line. And can they can they maybe expose the loss of Landon Dickerson? I, you know, Chris Owens um, is a guy that's been, you know, able to fill in admirably this season, whether it be for right ta- at right tackle for Evan Neal against Arkansas or, you know, against Notre Dame. But he struggled in the Rose Bowl, uh, both in pass protect and, and in run blocking. And he's going to have to have a better performance um, in the national championship game against look at what Ohio state's defense did to Clemson. Um, you can't have them getting in the backfield like that and disrupting Mac Jones, the way that they were able to disrupt uh, Trevor Lawrence at times. So um, I think that's your biggest matchup right there. It's just that, that front against Alabama's front specifically at the, at the center position. And, and you know, when you look at the defensive line, if you can get pressure up the middle, that's how you really can affect quarterbacks. So um Big test ahead for Chris Owens, but he's a you know, he's a redshirt senior. He's got a lot of help around him, and I, I expect him to bounce back. Yeah, that that was my matchup. We had a preview episode, and that was my matchup to watch is that interior defensive line for Ohio State. They are those are just some boys right there that are going to be first round NFL draft picks. Oh yeah, and so like looking for this week, you know, Alabama Nick Saban, as you know, uh, no distractions. If there's a distraction, he handles handles it. But this week, you had the Heisman Trophy ceremony with Devontae Smith. You have Steve Sarkeesian taking the head coach's job at Texas. I've seen some Alabama assistants are going to go with him to Texas. How is the program handling all these so-called distractions? And do you think it will play any role this upcoming week? You know, from the the message that they've conveyed, you know, during these virtual press conferences, it seems like they're handling it really well. Um, Steve Sarkeesian seems focused. The players seem, you know, pretty at ease with this transition. Um, but you know we've seen this before where it's it's a tough balance to to, to handle I mean you know it's 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 one of those things that um I think you can do it for a week if this game was to get delayed I think it might actually become more of a distraction it doesn't it doesn't look at the moment as we're talking right now it looks like the game's going to be played on Monday and I think they're going to be able to get through this distraction I mean look when you look at the way Alabama's handled things this season they have just been driven on this path to the championship you've got the, the leaders on this team seniors that came back wanting to win a championship wanting to amend from last year when they lost two games um you got guys like Devontae Smith you know Dylan Moses Alex Leatherwood these guys they want to end their season that's why they came back you know um and they're playing for Landon Dickerson too so but like they've been able to balance all these distractions you know that you know whether it be the social stuff earlier on in in the off season or COVID or you know losing their coach to COVID for a game they were able to manage all that. So I, I expect them to get through this. It's a really battle-tested team. And and they know that they have some history on, uh, you know, on the line. I think you talked about it, I think, earlier, where this team, if, if they can get through it and they can go undefeated with an all-SEC schedule and just 
I, I don't know if you, you know, you'd call them the best team ever, but they're definitely now in that conversation just with what they've had to overcome. I think it's going to come down to, you know, what's your favorite flavor of, uh, of favorite team or, or best team, but um, they would certainly be in the conversation. I think that's something that they, you know, really want to be remembered for and, and be a part of. Right. And then, you know, before we get your like final thoughts on this game, I know Saban's legacy is already written in stone. You've said it. We we had a thing on the podcast about the greatest coach of all time. We both picked Saban. I mean, at this point, what does this do for his legacy, if anything? Well, it equals him with the amount of national championships as, as Paul Bear Bryant. So that's the big thing right, right there is that um, I, I, I think, you know, the if you're just looking from a number standpoint to, to equal that record would be huge. But I, th- I think, you know, when you look at this season, like we just talked about all the obstacles, could this be, when you look back at Saban's career and, you know, even with him getting COVID and having to come back and missing, has there been a coach that's had to overcome as much, you know, is this one of the best head coaching jobs? I think a lot of times when you look at Nick Saban, he's put together such a great program that it seems like, Oh, well, what what did he have to do? He already put it together. You know, how, how hard is it to coach a bunch of five stars? But look, he's done a great job of keeping these kids together. Look at how Alabama's handled these distractions. And, and that speaks volumes to him and, and the job he's done and keeping everyone focused and um, creating an environment that seniors like, you know, Alex Leatherwood and, and like Devontae Smith and Najee Harris that they want to come back to and building that and, and really kind of harping that that goal. So if he's able to pull it off, um, it's big. And, and then on the flip side, if he loses, you know, that will be two straight losses in a national championship game. And I think that you'll probably have people talking about it. It's crazy how right. this kind of stuff works, but when you're in these high profile games, it's sometimes you're only judged on how you do in the high profile games, which is tough. So right. it's a, it could be somewhat of a swing game. I don't think anyone's going to, if, if Alabama loses to Ohio State, I don't think anyone's going to say, oh, Nick Saban kind of <laughs> overrated or anything like that. But it will be a, a blemish on his career. And, um, you know, so it's, 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 it can kind of swing both ways. Right. So I don't know if you give us an official prediction, but what do you expect to see at the end of the night on Monday night? I expect both teams to kind of go back and forth at times. I think Alabama will be in control. I probably most of the game, I think that they'll, they'll never pull away necessarily. I think Ohio state's probably okay. Uh, you know, I, it's hard for me to talk up too much because I, I had, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had said that Clemson's the only team that can beat Alabama and after seeing <laughs> Ohio state. I, don't, I really don't know what to think about them because I wasn't as impressed with Ohio state. And then looking at them against Clemson. Yeah, sure. That, that, that's certainly a team that can beat Alabama. I, I right. think Alabama will hover around that 10 point range probably win something like 40 to 31 or you know in that area I haven't really given it a number prediction yet but I I kind of expect Alabama to be up around the the 10 point range but when you say that I mean I what is what is the line like seven or eight um yeah it's eight it's eight as of right before we started recording yeah so if it's it's at eight and they go over to 10 I'm I'm not trying to disrespect Ohio State I think it's going to be a close game a a game that Ohio State could have theoretically won I, you right. know, I think you'll be able to look back at times, but I think Alabama will be pretty in control the whole game as well. Right. Do you think Mac Jones takes the MVP? Man, I don't know. That's tough. Um, I know it's tough that's a tough because question. it seems like, well, does, does Jalen Waddle play? Because if Jalen Waddle plays and they can get the offense going through the air, I think they'll spread it out more. Elsewise, it kind of looks like lately when, when they've been getting stuff in the air, <laughs> Devontae Smith's found a way to get open and, you know, right. it, it, Mac Jones throws for 300 yards and 180 of them to Devontae Smith. Well, they're going to give it to Devontae Smith. 
I think he right. could go to Najee, like I said. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he's a guy that can influence the game in multiple ways. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if Alabama won, if he was the guy, you know, with the MVP trophy. Um, but yeah, this offense has shown me that it could go anyway. We say all this, it's probably going to go to like John Mechie or something. But, right. Um, or Malachi Moore. Or someone on, on this offense. <laughs> but I would, if you're, if you're having me guess, yeah, 10 point Alabama win. And, uh, and Najee Harris probably has the MVP. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I have Alabama too. I have Alabama by about 14. I think they pull away late as well. I just, I, 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 the defense inside that defensive line is really the only strength of that Ohio State defense. And with how, with how this Alabama offense has been rolling, I just, I, like, I was like you. It's hard for me to cover this game because I said the only game I'm looking forward to is Clemson, Alabama. And then yeah. that happened. And so here we are now with Ohio State, Alabama. But we definitely appreciate you coming on um make sure to please go follow uh, tony on twitter go check out bama inside everything do you want to drop your twitter handle and everything yeah so my twitter handle is tony underscore sukalas and you can spell my last name it's a t-s-o-u-k-a-l-a-s so tony underscore sukalas uh also follow us uh, at bama insider and um you know we, we have a really great youtube channel too so check that out uh you know the, the bama insider youtube channel um we got new content on that every single day so Uh, that's definitely worth checking out as well for sure so you guys know where to find that out but we will be back very soon with the national championship recap after the game but guys you know where to find us instagram twitter facebook youtube all that stuff but we'll be back soon but for right now we're out